What's up, people? Welcome to our live stream. Today, we're going to be talking about how to edit Instagram Reels. And if you would like to learn how to turn your artistic weakness into your strength, check out artprof.org, where we have lots of free resources, tutorials, critiques, pro development, and all that cool stuff. So, Clara, why don't you get us started with the conversation today? Instagram Reels have taken over Instagram. And I'm sorry to tell you all this, but posts and stories almost don't matter anymore. Have you seen that, Mia, on Instagram, how prominent reels are now? Oh, yeah. And I know that it's a whole discourse amongst, especially the artistic community, because I think just still image posts have been what we rely on on social media, because that's what art tends to be and that's what the format tends to be is this is my painting so i'm posting a still image and now the interaction on still images are like next to none so yeah i think it's definitely a learning curve when it comes to reels but they are just dominating the app right now it really has become a situation where posts are for your followers Reels are how you get new followers. So of course it depends on what your goals are, but that is the new rhythm of Instagram that was never there before. Be aware of that. Here's a very important part of the process. You have to make so many terrible reels. Jordan, have you found that to be the case? Inevitably. Um, <laughs> you know, sometimes you make a reel, you think it's great, but then you look back on it two weeks later, and you're like, oh, I should have changed this. I should have done that. So it's just part of the process, just like any other part of making art. Mia, have you made some bad reels? Oh my God. Yeah. It's, it's really wild how different it even feels just in your editing app. If you use an editing app versus the app you're posting it on, because I'll watch my reels just on my phone or on my computer outside of the app. It'll be like, this is great. Everyone's going to love it. I'm going to get a million likes. It's going to be awesome. And then the second I upload it onto Instagram or TikTok or anything, I'm like, that's a mistake. People will stop watching right there. Mistake, horrible, bad lighting. So it's just, it's really, like I said before, like a learning curve, I think. Uh, and the more that you make reels, the more you learn how like what to do and what not to do. Jordan, we have a before and after. So this is a video that you did, one of your early videos, and talk us through why you structured it the way you did. Um, well, to be totally honest, I was kind of lazy. Uh, I just did, I recorded a drawing on, I don't know if I use Photoshop or Clip Studio Paint, but I just, I did this for the Super Bowl when all these artists were performing. And I grew up listening to them. I said, oh, it might be cool to just do this. And I put a song of theirs in the background while I drew it and just left it at that. And I don't think I narrated anything. It was just because I wanted something quick because I was running out of time. And uh, looking back, it's a cool drawing, but I don't know if I would do that again necessarily. So Mia, going back to this reel, why do you think this is a reel that wouldn't cause very much engagement. I probably would have stopped watching by now. I know that sounds terrible. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a sad truth that I know myself and my friends who are learning how to make reels are kind of dealing with is that good art just isn't enough. You could make a really great drawing like this one and people would still kind of find it boring. I think because there's not enough cuts there's not enough maybe if you cut back and forth between that and your face i think that people the attention span is just dead people 
if there's not a slam dunk moment or like a call to action, people will just swipe away. So good art, sadly, just isn't enough anymore. And I think that's just, it's really sad. Like I, I, I'm so sad about it, but sadly that's just the case now. <laughs> now, Jordan, you and I did a little boot camp here <laughs> with this new reel that mm -hmm. we made. And can you talk to people about what were the things that I, told you to try out or change compared to the first reel? Yeah, so the drawing had already been done. That drawing is like a, it's pretty old compared to the other footage. And basically you were just like, here, sit here, draw on the couch, eat some cookies that we applied at Cherry Joe's and directed me throughout the whole process. So, um, and just adding images of myself, which is ironically very weird for me to do. I don't like taking pictures of myself or videos of myself, um, ironically. And you were like, scrap all that, just trust me and put it all together. <laughs> It makes the real more human because we see you, we see your hand, especially with digital reels. You don't see the hand if you just do the time lapse. And then the story of the vegan cookies is a lot of fun because it makes it a lot more personal. Here's another thought. Guess what? Editing, it's a real skill. People think, oh, I should just be able to make great reels. But that's not true, Mia. Yeah, no. <laughs> and I think that um, I definitely thought that because I didn't, I mean, I know people go to school for film editing and they learn all the software and stuff like that. I didn't do that. I just kind of came into ArtProf and started editing videos kind of here and there. And then I applied those skills to my own reels. And yeah, trial and error, you learn little tricks that you can do on editing apps. You learn about kind of timing and how far to zoom in, how far to zoom out. And um, it's definitely practice. It's like any other thing that you want to learn. We have a question from Autumn Arts. Why does TikTok and Insta allow longer reels if the attention span is short? They just make it an option because I suspect, well, if Hugh Jackman was on TikTok, I would watch the whole thing beginning to end multiple times. But you, that doesn't change the fact that when somebody encounters a new person on the reel, you have to give them a reason to stick around. I know what I'm getting into if it's a Hugh Jackman reel. <laughs> so that's pretty much the reason why. This is one of our first reels. Oh my God, this, this reel is so bad. Like I, I really want to just delete them all, but I keep them When up. schools hire professors to teach studio art, all they care about is your exhibition history, grants you've won, your professional accomplishments as an artist. If you've shown in the Whitney Bible, Jordan, what's wrong <laughs> with that uh, real visually? That's a big problem. Um, well, I think for you, it's probably the issue would be that the view is not changing. It's just one shot and uh, you're not really changing angles or uh, showing anything else that will add interest to the viewer. Let's take a look at this one. This is one of the reels I've done recently. And oh boy, this one took 10 times the amount of time to make and you will see why. This is one of my favorite ways to learn about art history. You're gonna find stuff at the library that you're not gonna find online. I know people don't go to the library that much. I think this is a lot easier than looking at a website where I tend to be scatterbrained. I don't look at things for very long. A book is so Mia, why is this a better reel? <laughs> the last one that I did. 
It's engaging. I mean, it's a video that I think that I would watch more than once because there's so many different shots and ideas in this video that on, on first watch, I might not catch everything. And I think that if the subject matter is interesting and you have a lot of quick cuts, chances are people will stick around because at this point you kind of have to prove to the audience, I can keep your attention and this is something you should care about and here's why. And I think that that video does a much better job than the other one. Ginger saying, the thing I hate the most about social media is you have to post photos of yourself. This is something that everybody has trouble with. And I know for Jordan, I know for you, that's not a natural instinct and it wasn't for me either. Why do you think, Jordan, that's so challenging? Um, I think I think on some level, most of us, if not all of us, are very self-conscious on some level. You know, there's certain things that we're not comfortable with, whether it's our body weight or our facial structure or whatever it is. And when we're forced to put that out for the world to see and open up judgment and then put your art alongside of that, it's just kind of a double whammy. And I think a lot of us are probably very scared and intimidated by that as, as just a part of life. Jane is saying, working full time, I barely have time to paint, let alone spend time editing. No wonder I have few followers, I guess. Well, Mia, what's a way to deal with that? Because we have lives. And a lot of us don't have time to spend editing. What would you suggest for somebody who's in that situation? If you want to cut reels, but you have such limited time. I would say it's hard because editing and posting and consistently, I should say, it's it can be a job. It's a job. And I think that if you maybe structure your schedule and consider editing part of your art making and formatting post content. If you if you consider editing part of the art making process, that might make it easier. So maybe instead of making two pieces of art to post a week, make one piece of art and then save that extra time for editing. And I know that it's, it's easy to say that and a different thing to actually do it, but that's what I would recommend. I think, Jane, you don't have to cut complicated reels. I do it because I enjoy it. It's fun for me to cut a reel like that. But some of the really effective reels are 15 seconds. It doesn't have to be a trip to the library and doing all these different cuts. And so you have to tell yourself that you don't have to go in 10,000%. could go in 10% just to get started because the starting part is the most difficult part. Here's another thought. Good editing really takes time. Jordan, you and I made the vegan cookies real. I mean, that took a little while, probably longer than the time lapse. Yeah. Um, I, I think we probably spent at least an hour and change on just getting the shots and lighting. And, and then I know you were showing me how to edit at the same time. So that took a while. Um, and, and that's same with YouTube. Whenever I'm editing YouTube video, it takes me, you know, five, 10 times as long as it did to, to edit as it did to record. So that, that I think is something that a lot of people underestimate as well. Seven Angelic says, seems like more cuts and change of scenery is better, like creating visual motion. Absolutely. And Mia, that comes down to shooting good footage. That also takes time. But do you have any tips for getting variety in footage without it taking a million years? Yeah, I mean, I think... What I do is I, 
I kind of break it up sporadically. So if I know that I'm going to be painting a lot all day, I'll take a bunch of painting photos just then. Uh, I'll bracket out that time and I'll take a bunch of painting photos. And then maybe I'll take a walk and I'll take a bunch of footage of me walking around. And so then you can kind of edit those together in post and make it seem more natural. Kind of like the cookies video, Jordan made a bunch of footage of just speed painting on his iPad and then kind of cropped in the other stuff afterwards. So you can break it up like that. There's no need to do it sequentially. And Mia, I think we have a story here <laughs> about a fairy. Oh, yeah. yeah, so I, I threw this one up there because I wanted to kind of share that you can make uh, filming a lot easier for yourself if you think a little bit beforehand. So I took this reel. It's just kind of a very simple reel of me drawing on a fairy. And the lighting was really good where I was. It was a nice uh, scenery. So if you plan ahead a little bit and say, I'm going to wake up so that, well, traditional drawing anyway, I'm going to draw traditionally when it's really nice and sunny outside. You might not have to worry about afterwards making sure that the color is good on all of your clips because chances are they're already, they will already be good. So yeah, just little things like that to make it easier for yourself will go a long way. This is not the reel I recommend people starting with, but this shows what you can do. And I did all of this on my phone, the shooting, the editing, and I think you'll see why in a minute, why it took forever. Welcome to the Art Prof Discord. This is a safe, inclusive global community for artists. Everyone here is of all ages and backgrounds, self-taught artists, pros, teachers, hobbyists, and more. We've got a great team of moderators and staff to help you find your way around and support you. Anyone who's a jerk gets booted really fast. Hang out with others doing our monthly art dares and free tracks. Cook would love to see what you make. We have no discussions about art supplies. Get support. Jordan, why do you think this reel took hours and hours to edit? I mean, for one, um, there's a ton of B-roll footage <laughs> and you have to organize that. And, and what I find challenging is finding it fit with uh, whatever you're saying. That's what I try and do personally is like, whatever I'm saying something, I want the, the footage to match. I think that probably took a while. Um, and then just, you know, all the, uh, all the things that you're combined together is really, is really something. So I, I think that that would be a big challenge in general. Mia, I think at least 80% of the clips you see here were from a long time ago. I think the only new footage I shot was with the guinea pigs and stocking up on footage. You can keep reusing it. Do you think people notice if you reuse a clip? I mean, the beauty of social media is that everything is moving so fast all the time, which is, I guess, beauty and a curse, if you think about it in that way. But people will most likely forget a lot of stuff. So just consider that and stock up on footage, reuse footage. You can even post the same video twice. I mean, I do that on TikTok all the time. Because uh, people just won't remember and they'll see your stuff again and they'll be like, wow, that's great. Again. So that's cool. <laughs> Carolyn says, so many different clips from different places. Did you plan the shots ahead of time to fit? The only ones I shot to fit was the guinea pig footage where I said, welcome to the Discord. Here's how it works. Everything else is from a long time ago. Because Jordan, when I ask all of you to film stuff, do I always use every single clip all of you give me? No. As a matter of fact, if we look at the 
the reel again, most of those clips are only like two seconds. But when we film stuff, they could take several minutes worth. And so you can always take a little element of one video here or one shot here and take the other shot and use it five months down the line. And so you're just constantly creating a catalog of, of footage that you can use and no one has to know about it. Basically, anytime I'm out, people really like footage where you are on site. If I just sit in my office all day, which I did for the first few reels, it gets very boring very, very fast. Let's talk about apps and editing software because I worked with Premiere for years and years before Shorts came along. And I did try using Premiere because I was like, I know Premiere so much better than those editing apps. This is going to be better. Oh my gosh, it was hard because there's no stickers. There's no transitions that are worked in that are fun and silly. And I quickly gave up Premiere because it just was not helpful. Mia, you've used Adobe Rush. Can you tell people about that and whether you recommend it for Reels? Yeah, so Adobe Rush is pretty cool because it's basically Adobe Premiere shrunked, shrinked down to Shrunk. fit on your phone. Um, and so it's easy and convenient in if you want to make a video really fast. Um, and it's a lot more simplified, so it's easier to learn. Um, it's more intuitive, I would say. The problem that I've run into with Adobe Rush is that it crashes all the time, at least for me, which is very inconvenient, especially if you're almost done editing a video and it crashes and it just won't open your file, even if you save it. So yeah, take this app with a little bit of a grain of salt, a little wary, but I think it's overall pretty good. Jordan, have I converted you to Video Leap yet? I mean, that's the only one I know. So I guess yes, you have. <laughs> when I was, I mean, when I was doing videos before you showed me Video Leap, I was just, I would just record a video, put it, speed it up, and just post it. That was literally it. The editing was very minimal. It would be like cut if something is not happening. So I guess you could say I'm a convert, but I also don't would say I haven't really explored very much. <laughs> I love Video Leap. I'm a walking advertisement for Video Leap. Now there's a free version, but it's very limited. It's $35 a year. But if you want to make reels, this is so worth investing in. Now, Mia, it takes time to learn software and apps. That's oftentimes a barrier for people. So Mia, what do you recommend for people who are just overwhelmed by everything? I think that online tutorials are always your friend. Um, I will say that as someone who's been editing videos pretty consistently for years now, I still go on YouTube and watch tutorials for what seems like the simplest tasks. I just can't remember because apps are so confusing sometimes and there's so many little buttons and texts that I get confused. So there are like time for anything that you're wondering about there's a tutorial online that will show you step by step how to do it so utilize that ginger says video leap is an app or for the computer it's an app everything's on your phone i don't touch my laptop when it comes to reels at all jordan have you used imovie i've never used it nope never Kat has used it and she said it's the biggest pain in the butt. <laughs> it's free, but apparently you can't do vertical editing. You have to edit it horizontal and then flip it in your, like that's just such a big pain in the butt. 
I don't recommend iMovie for that reason, even though it is so easy and accessible. It just causes so many problems that are a big pain in the butt. The hook. This is the most critical part of a reel. And Mia, am I exaggerating by saying that you have one second? <laughs> no, uh, maybe even less than that. People, the attention span, like I said, non-existent. So if the first clip, even if you are so passionate about it, you're like, this blank piece of white paper is so important to me. It's the best thing. It's, it's a great start. People won't care. And that's, people don't care. You have to make them care immediately or else they will scroll on, which is sad, but it's true. Mia, you have a hook here and let's play the video. What is your hook? You're saying, okay, I'm destroying this painting because I really hate it. Why is that a hook? Um, I think that the clip of me painting over an image um, it's very controversial, I guess. It's polarizing because I posted this video and immediately I had a bunch of people being like, why did you do that? I liked the first painting better, blah, blah, blah. So I think anything that generates or sparks interest or conversations in the comments will help boost your video um, and it gets people talking. So this video definitely got people talking um, for better or for worse. So yeah, and I think, yeah, anything that will jump people to like a, an emotion is important. Jordan, why is the hook here RISD and art supplies, especially if you're a RISD student or somebody who wants to go to RISD? I think it's important because it's, it's like a hot word. It's a hot button press, you know? It's like, once you hear it and you know what it is, you wanna hear more. I was actually watching a Netflix show called The Watch Not The Long Ago, and one of the characters said they were from RISD, and I was like, wait, what? Did I hear that right? <laughs> and, <laughs> I, I was like, wait a second, like, this is crazy. So I think you get that kind of excitement when you are associated with something that interests you or something that you, uh, that you know about. Here's another hook. I'm gonna bet you've never drawn a portrait with this technique. Why is that a hook, Mia? Uh, because I want to know. I want to know the technique. I don't know it. You're telling me I don't know it, so I want to learn it. And I think that um, this video performed really, really well, uh, like across multiple platforms. And that definitely speaks to how it's edited and and the hook that you're using because people are so, so excited to know. So I think that's, yeah, this is a great one. Jordan, why is this a hook? Art scams you need to know about. As, I mean, I don't want to get scammed. <laughs> so I think most people who are interested in, in art and creating, and especially if you're younger and inexperienced, the last thing you want to do is get scammed. And I know that a lot of people have questions about that. So as soon as you hear it, you're going to be invested, I think. And notice when I play the reel that it happens immediately. It takes Deep D no time to give that hook. Here are some art scams that you need to know about and avoid. Poorly written messages are usually a red flag. If it sounds like a robot who barely speaks the language wrote the message, it's probably a scam. People who don't wanna pay you with your preferred payment method. This is something people worry about, getting scammed. And so this is a cautionary reel that people think, oh my gosh, I don't want that. What do I need to know to make sure that doesn't happen? Now, somebody said earlier, yeah, technically a reel can be a minute, but Jordan, 
why do people recommend 15 to 30 seconds? Um, I think it's easier to digest for people because we all have very busy lives or we would like to think that at the very least. And sometimes you don't always have 20 minutes to devote to watching a random video on some app on your phone. And so like, everyone usually has a good 15 to 20 to 30 seconds to devote. The three minute video that Jordan cut. Mia, can you ever imagine somebody on TikTok would sit and watch a short for three minutes? I know it's ridiculous. I mean, I think that's more of YouTube's uh, like ball game is the longer videos. And I think that the, sh the shorter videos are for people who are browsing around like kind of face value. Is this something I wanna pay attention to? And the longer videos are for people who say, yes, I'm so into this. I love you. I wanna watch all your videos, give me more content. So yeah, I mean, odds are that a three minute video on TikTok won't really perform well on the page for sure. <laughs> fast cuts. This is what gets people to pay attention. So this is one of Mia's earlier reels. And you'll notice compared to your other stuff, Mia, how long these cuts are. Now, it's not a problem. I don't, I don't think it messes with the reel very much. But if we go to this one, Mia, why did you do the quicker cuts here? Um, I think that it was I don't know. I think that I kind of developed in my brain to liking faster cuts myself. The more videos I consumed, the more, the less my attention span was. So this video was kind of a product of that. And I said, oh, I'm not interested in like me picking my hand up away. I just need cuts of me doing things and putting things down, which seems like the smallest thing. But I think overall it, it keeps your attention much better than the one from before. All right, Jordan, we're calling you out. <laughs> you want the cuts not too fast, but also not too zoomed in. Because Jordan, this is from your chibi video. And actually a lot of the video looks like this. So mm. I'm gonna tell you, I think it's a problem, but you tell me. <laughs> well, let me first talk about how I even recorded it. So it was just a screen recording. And when I draw, I naturally just zoom in. And I didn't think about the process <laughs> of what it would look like to record to see it, the time lapse, and then see it really quickly because it took like an hour to do the whole thing. And as I was going through, I was like, oh yeah, this is, that's a lot. And I, I fear that people will uh, have some sort of seizure or epilepsy from watching it <laughs> because it's just so much and you can't really tell what's going on. This is something to be conscious about. Helen says, honestly, if things are flashing, I will immediately scroll past it. You do have to think about accessibility. And that's one of the reasons we do captions and be conscious and sensitive about that. Transitions can be a really fun change of pace. So this is one of Jordan dancing. And you'll notice there's a bunch of different transitions instead of fast cuts. What's up, artists? Do you have trouble staying focused? This is what I do. So Mia, we just saw several <laughs> transitions. Why do those help here instead of just cut, cut, cut? I think in this video especially it works because you're moving, there's motion, the transitions kind of flow better uh, instead of just kind of cut, cut, boring. It's more smooth and groovy and dancey. And I think that especially with the theme of the video, it works really well. And yeah, it's just, it's more natural to consume it that way instead of just fast, boring cuts. 
We do have a question here from painting the body beautiful. How do you do captions? There's a captions app. I think if you type in speak to captions, if not, we have a page on our website that does link to that caption. It's like purple and it's got a little something in it. But yeah, it's an amazing app. I think it's a miracle that they have an app that can do that. Let's talk about masks. Now, Jordan, I helped you do that split screen where the top was your time lapse and the bottom was you eating cookies. Mm -hmm. Why do you think that's an efficient way to show something? Um, well, for me, to be honest, uh, I think it's good because it makes me want to rewatch the video because I can only keep my my eyes on one place at a time. And if let's say there's something at the top, that's the drawing, like in the case of my video, uh, you know, I was looking at the drawing in one, and then the other part is me eating the cookies. So I wouldn't want to flip back and forth between those. And Mia, why are masks really helpful once in a while? For example, here I'm critiquing the Michelle Obama portrait. Um, I think that it keeps it personal. I think that if you take away your face from this, it's just kind of an empty voice. Uh, and a detached painting. And with this, it kind of reminds you where you are in the context of the video. It shows this is my teacher teaching me things instead of a voice over a random painting of Michelle Obama. So, uh, or not a random painting, but you know what I mean. Sometimes the footage doesn't look great. This footage of me has this ugly light and it's not looking that great. So oftentimes a mask is simply to hide all the crap that's around you in your video footage. And it's great because you can tell the story. For example, I'm talking about frames here, but you also get the personal connection of seeing the person's face. Here's another one, Jordan. What were we doing here? <laughs> we were we were driving somewhere. I can't remember exactly where, but we were driving on our trip towards Mammoth Lakes or we were there already. And we were just talking about the things that we were seeing. You, you turn around and see like, Jordan, say something about what you're seeing. <laughs> and we would just talk about it. Um, and so it, it was very uh, organic. It was something that wasn't planned because you would just kind of surprise us. And I think that that helps to create a better video, actually. This contextualizes who's in the car. If I just have footage of Jordan in the car, I might think, oh, he's all by himself. But the fact that I put Ashley at the bottom says, hey, there are two people hanging out here. So a mask can be extremely helpful. Ginger's asking, how do y'all not cringe watching yourself? <laughs> Mia, I think it takes some time. Oh my God, I always cringe at myself. And I think that I think that, that will never go away. That's always gonna be something uh, that you're always gonna worry about and hyper fixate on when you make things is how am I gonna be perceived? You're gonna always be harder or I don't know, hopefully. Uh, always be harsher on yourself than other people will be. Um, but I think that uh, something that I'm kind of trying to teach myself is not to take everything so seriously. That social media can be kind of a fun place. And the more honest and open you are with yourself online, the more honest and open your fan base and followers will be to you. So, so yeah, it's a give and take for sure. Sometimes I fake footage. <laughs> you don't know it because I do it in a very sneaky way. I've had reels for sure where I want footage of me looking up and down, 
but I don't want to do it while I'm drawing. It's sort of a pain in the butt. So actually, <laughs> this footage on the right, Jordan, can you tell I faked it? Not really. Not till you reveal the secret. <laughs> well, so Mia, what I did here, I pretended to draw and I just went, I, that's what the footage is. Why is that necessary sometimes to fake? I mean, I think that, uh, I mean, it keeps you involved. I think that it's it makes it more dynamic instead of just an image of you drawing, you can say, you can kind of lie and be like, oh, this is how I'm looking and all of this. It's full of lies. And I think that the clips are so short that you can afford to lie like that. It's not like you're lying about going on a vacation or getting married or like all of this stuff. You're just lying about your eyes going up and down. So I think that things like that, you can kind of fake it till you make it. I find it very disruptive to be shooting footage of my face while I'm drawing. It's a big pain in the butt. In fact, <laughs> I've done this thing where the drawing's finished, but I just put a couple marks to get two seconds of footage. <laughs> it's like, that wasn't real. I wasn't actually drawing. But the thing is, as Mia says, the clips are short enough. Sometimes I need literally a second and that's enough. So don't always think this has to reflect the real experience because you could do all kinds of things. Text for emphasis. Jordan, when we look at this, Mia's written name her, question mark. Why does that help engage somebody versus just a clip of the painting? Uh, I think it helps people to start thinking on a deeper level rather than just being an observer of like, oh, look at the form, look at the this, the colors or whatever. They think, oh, who is this person? And they start thinking on a level that I think is more similar to what the artist is maybe considering. And um, it just it just gives you more to think about in general. And it's very simple. It's not you know trying to create an equation. It's just the name. Mia, why did you write pick a card? Um, again, I kind of wanted a call to action. So in this video, I kind of show all of these cards together and then I flash just the different cards in a row. Um, so I was hoping that in the comments, people would like leave which card was their favorite or something like that. Um, and kind of instead of just why should I care about this chunk of paper? It's, oh, these are cards. These are different things. Yeah, it kind of contextualizes it. People engage differently. I'm old and I often would rather read something than to hear it spoken. And so when I see text, I I have to read it. I cannot read it. And so text is oftentimes a way that you get instant engagement. And then you can go through and say, oh, Mia wants me to pick a card. Wow, there's so many cards. Which is the card that Mia's gonna pick? And so you have to develop curiosity for your viewer, or sometimes it's informational. Jordan, why does it help for me to write eraser stick? Because that's the supply that I'm using. I think because most people realistically won't know what that is. I mean, I'm sure some will. I'm sure some will recognize, like I would recognize it personally because I've used it before, but there's so many thousands, millions of people who are just scrolling through TikTok or Instagram and seeing this, and maybe they want to use it for themselves. And I think it's good to just give them a little piece of information. Yeah, if you look at this short that I did on framing, you'll see there's a lot of text in here. 
You want to save money on framing your artwork? When I make an artwork, I pick a standard frame size. My painting's 9 by 12 inches. That's what I want. I buy the standard frame size for 9 by 12. Often you can... Mia, why does it help that I write in big letters 9 by 12? I think in this video specifically, um, there's so many... There's, there's a lot of competing text in the footage that you have to kind of push past. So on the clip of when you're seeing the frames, there's lots of text that says nine by 12, different sizes, the brand of the frame, stuff like that. So it really helps focus your attention uh, when you have it big, bright um, in the middle. Yeah, so make sure that you are using text. It doesn't fall flat. Make sure that it's coming right to the surface. We have a question from Autumn. How do you get over being self-conscious about showing your face on the screen? With my stutter, it's terrifying because past experience has caused me to never want to show my face. Yet I know that will engage. If you are deeply uncomfortable, don't do it, okay? We're not saying you have to. We're saying that it is a way to create engagement, but it's not the only way. And I will also say one thing that I really like about social media is that we do see people who have disabilities or look different ways that are not looking like Kim Kardashian. And I think from a visibility point of view, I think you might find that some people will come on and say, I have a stutter too. It is so nice to see somebody being visible. And you don't have to do that. I'm not saying that, but I do think it has helped a lot of people to see people in the same situation because it makes them more seen because they're just not. People who have disabilities do not get the visibility that Kim Kardashian has. So think about it, but honestly, if it's really, really difficult, don't do it. It's, it's well, just, it's too emotionally difficult. But one thing uh, I also wanna share on that note, the biggest TikToker has never said a word, Kavi Lame. He always just goes like, I've never heard him speak. And he, you know, so in that situation, maybe you could do something like that, create something where you, like a stick where you literally don't have to do that. Snap Sketch says, I can't be the only one that scrolls through Instagram on mute, example, around other people or at work. So I love subtitles. Me. Most of the time I don't have it because my kids hate it when they hear me with my phone on. And so that's another reason to consider that. Stickers. I, I confess, I thought these were really dumb, but they're actually fun once you start doing them. I hate ink pencils, so I don't understand why you have so many. I only do line work with this stuff, so I don't need anything more than an HP. How can you only have one eraser? I don't really erase. <laughs> I don't want to use it as a crutch too, too much. It forces me to really learn how to place the line. This is my pencil case. It's got three dividers, but I hate them. If I could remove them, I would. When I was 17 years old, I was asked what I wanted for my birthday. Mia, why does that birthday sticker help here? I think it uh, immediately tells you something about the video. I think it contextualizes it. I think it pulls you into a vibe or feeling of the video that you might not have otherwise. Um, and I think it's also just kind of cute and fun. And um, I think that stickers work really well on certain kinds of videos, but then other kinds of videos they might make kind of tacky or or just surface level so i think that um you think like knowing your audience and knowing what kind of content you make can kind of help you decide whether or not using stickers would be a good idea and i think art prof is fun and educational so i think in our case like it's really fun most of the time <laughs> 
I, I confess, I find a lot of the stickers really obnoxious. So the, the ones I tend to go for are the ones that are more simple and graphic. Because Jordan, why is the caution sign on the right helpful here in a way that doesn't clutter the rest of the video? I think it's just because everything is contained. You know, it's just one shape, very simple. Where's the robot? There's all these little lines. There's all the numbers beneath. And uh, especially with it being over her face and everything, it just makes everything cluttered. And uh, I'm kind of the same way. I also prefer the more graphic, you know, simple image when it comes to like stickers and things like that. By the way, everybody, we do have an upcoming premium workshop on how to cut video shorts. It's going to be run by Mia and I, and this is gonna be a chance for you to get really customized advice. You'll get to show your reels, talk to us about what your challenges are, we'll critique your reels. So this is gonna be a really good conversation. We do have many premium workshops. Registration is open on Tuesday. We're gonna have one on drawing hands and feet, MFA statements, and open critique where you can bring an artwork we'll critique it that's something i know there's a big need for people to get feedback that's in real time please join mia and i we will be in the discord immediately after the stream in the post live stream stage channel to do a stage session where you get to chat with us on voice we talk about everything i love hearing your voices so i hope you will join us this Google slideshow is available. The link is in the YouTube video description below. You can access all of our slideshows on artprof.org. And Jordan, what's happening later today? Today on my live stream, we are going to be doing some backgrounds and environments and architecture and stuff, all for my Shadowboxers projects. First time I've ever done something like that. It's always been characters. So if you want to see it, check it out on the Joe McFoe Show tonight at 6 p.m. Pacific time. There are many ways you can support ArtProf. We have a new Venmo account. You can make a one-time donation. You can pledge monthly on Patreon. You get lots of exclusive content and perks. And Mia designed this wonderful ArtProf merch for us that you can now get in our shop. We do offer portfolio critiques that you can purchase. And thank you so much to our top Patreon supporters. You are still covering the vast majority of our budget comes from Patreon. And we want to say thank you to Trin Nguyen for becoming our latest top Patreon supporter. We went down a few dollars. It's okay. I'm not going to cry, but <laughs> I'd like it to be positive. But thank you all for supporting us. Art Prof has a podcast. It's available on Spotify and also on iTunes. Subscribe to our channel for more tutorials, critiques, and business tips. Everybody, thank you so much for watching. We'll see you next time. Bye.